0: Are you tired of listening to ads and just want the story? With the Tales of the Forgotten membership, you'll get ad free episodes of all our shows, like this one, and you'll be supporting the creators and stories that you love. Go to talesoftheforgotten.com backslash membership. But hey, we like to spoil you. So a Tales of the Forgotten membership also offers bonus content like character audio files, artwork, exclusive shows first looks at scripts, and a lot more. So, go to talesoftheforgotten.com backslash membership, or just click the link in the description. The following episode contains adult content, violence, and sex. Listener discretion is advised. We're back. Did you miss us? Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama, created and produced by Crystal Storm. Episode 15. Who kicked your ass?
1: My grin would have been wider, but I still had one hell of a bruise from my fight with Mekithia. I turned my head, meeting the cocky, affectionate grin of Andronica's rebel. Who busted you out of Imperial prison? Oh wait, that was me. I looked away from him so I could knock my drink back, but my amusement was the same. Some men were useful, some were booty calls, and then there was Andro. I refused to call him Nicky like a lot of others did because it was a stupid fracking nickname.
2: You bringing up ancient history to change the subject? I heard about what went down on Tython. Why didn't you call me?
1: It was a family matter.
2: I'm not family? Nope. Bullshit.
1: He got so close, I could feel his breath on my face. I slowly turned my head towards his, and our noses touched. <laughs> what are you looking at, Andrew? You get a room, or are we doing it right here? Wouldn't be
2: the first time. You sure you're up for it? I don't like being gentle.
1: This time, I let him see me smile, and I dusted my mouth over his. You couldn't break me if you tried. Don't
2: say I didn't warn you.
1: He did not give a damn if I put my drink down or not. Luckily, I knew him well enough that I did, just in time for him to toss me carelessly over his shoulder. The movement irritated the frack out of the nick that I had gotten in my side, but I... Didn't particularly care about the pain. He'd make up for it. He kicked the door open to the room, and he used his heel to shut it with just as much force. He was a lot gentler about putting me down on the old squeaky mattress, and a lot gentler in the seconds afterwards than he'd claim he would be at the bar. I didn't even tease him about it. My mouth was busy elsewhere. Under his pushed against the strong skin of his neck, tasting the sweat and aftershave he only wore when he came to see me. When he had me naked, he swept those dark, intense pirate eyes over my injuries. Daily injections of colto would clear it up fast, but my shoulder would always carry the scar from Mekithia's blaster. And there were a few bruises here and there from my fight with that fracking bitch. His mouth drew in a tight line as he dusted one of his strong hands over one of the black and blue spots. Damn it, Rhea. You should have called me. Why? I won. Not the point. He and I had this honesty thing going. What can I say? It was nice to be yourself with someone that wasn't your badass sister. That's why I touched his face with my good arm drawing his gaze back to mine. I didn't want you in it, in case we didn't win. He made a gruff noise in the back of his throat, and he took my mouth with a kind of passionate ferocity that never failed to make me drip. I twined my legs around his waist, pulling his weight into mine. But he caught himself, denying me the full pleasure of feeling all of him not gonna break, damn it.
2: Shut up. We're doing this my way.
1: Yeah. Well, can you start doing it then? <laughs> <laughs> he laughed. A rough husky sound, and before I could bitch again, he punched right into me. A hard, jamming thrust that jerked my whole body. It would leave its own bruise tomorrow, and damn, there made me come just from that... He did it again, and I did come. He caught the sounds he drew out of me with his mouth, and when I started bucking into him, I felt his control snap. Finally, I got the weight I wanted and wrapped my good arm around his neck, holding him to me. The first one was quick. The second time... (laughs) We did it a bit slower. He refused to go for a third, and he shot me a warning glance when I called him a pussy, and instead propped himself up, wrapped me against his chest, and he was nice enough to share the bottle of scotch he had in the nightstand drawer. I may or may not have enjoyed the quiet and the intimacy as much as him fracking my brains out. Not that I'd ever tell him that. Eventually, I fell asleep. Hours later, Sheer instinct woke me up despite how comfortable I was. I was sprawled across Andrew's bare chest, his arm around me, his warm hand on my back, and in about ten seconds, something was going to go wrong. Reed? I know. We were already out of bed and on the floor when the door to the room was knocked open, and a hail of of fire from the assault droid rained down onto the mattress. We both pulled our blasters from underneath the bed and fired back, ripping the big metal machine apart. The droid collapsed with a hiss and a lot of sparks. We had no sooner gotten to our feet when an explosion rocked through forth nowhere. I started throwing on my clothes. Andro was doing the same. What the frack? What
2: trouble are you in now, Rhea? Me? You sure this isn't about you, pirate boy? I'm
1: not the one out killing emperors. He had a point. I threw on my jacket, turned on my cybernetic implants, and connected to the holonet. Andro was at the door, firing at something in the hallway. I pulled my second blaster from the nightstand as another explosion hit, nearly knocking me off my feet.
2: This is not how I intended to spend the night.
1: Andro shot someone else. Considering his temper, it might not have been one of the bad guys. Yeah, me either. You bring your ship?
2: Not this time. Riding with you. Let's go.
1: We were jogging down a corridor towards the hangar bay when the newscast came through my implant. I ground to a halt. Andro bumped into my back. What's wrong? It wasn't the shock that was keeping me immobile. It was the implications of what I'd heard. The Citadel and the Jedi Temple are gone. They exploded. What?! Had Zarin and Elijah been in the temple? Where had Laresa's kids been? And if we were getting attacked, then Laresa, we gotta move.
2: You're the one that stopped.
1: We raced through the spaceport. I had no idea who sent the droids that were inside killing everyone. And at the moment, I didn't care. I knew we needed to know, but I had to get to my sister first. I may or may not have loved Andrew a little more when I got to the hangar door and realized that he had a data core from one of the droids we'd blasted apart on the way here in his hand. I'm flying. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Sarcasm dripped from my voice as we both raced to the cockpit. Who was the better pilot was an argument we had frequently. You
2: need to call your crew and find your sister. You can't do that if you're flying.
1: Fine. But you better not get a scratch on her. I quickly changed course, halting in front of my hollow terminal and put in the call to the racist ship. Come on, come on, pick up.
3: I was standing in the forest a few clicks from the Tree Lake settlement. I had close friends there and a place to stay when I needed privacy. Several years ago, I had taken half a dozen Padawans in need of real combat training and left them with a young but capable Twi'lek captain to protect the Twi'lek settlement from the Flesh Raiders, while the rest of the Jedi slowly removed those that could not be rehabilitated to live in peace. It had helped repair the bond between the Jedi and the Twi'leks that shared Tython. But I wasn't thinking about that particular accomplishment just now. I was recalling what Larissa had said to me just a short day ago. A smile hovered. Wait until she found out I'd decided to take her advice.
4: Hey, gorgeous. You wanted to see me?
3: I slowly turned, letting my Miraluka gaze rest on Doc. He looked tired, but content. He'd spent the better part of the last 12 hours in medbay, helping tend to the Jedi that had been hurt during the fight. He was one of the best combat doctors I'd ever had the honor of witnessing in action. He was playfully arrogant— had relentless ambition, and I silently hoped, was still in love with me. I watched his gaze lower, and something akin to curiosity took over his face, when he saw that the lightsaber I usually carried was nowhere to be found.
4: Zarin? What's wrong?
3: You gave me a speech, before you asked me to marry you. I did. Will you say it again? Zarin. Please? I took another step closer and laid a gentle hand on his chest. At first he said nothing and I quickly blocked out my sight completely. I didn't want to watch his emotions flavor around him while he made his decision. I held perfectly still, waiting, hoping.
4: All right, you win. Here's the deal. I'm good looking, smart and charming. I'm a top flight medical specialist who does charity work. I've completely stopped looking at other women, which should be physically impossible. Bottom line. I love you. What are you doing?
3: Doc's face twisted. His hands came up and closed around my shoulders as if he was uncertain whether to push me away or pull me closer. I'm not a Jedi anymore. What? Why? I've spent the better part of my life putting duty before family. I have no regrets about that. I am honored and humbled to have been able to accomplish what I have as a Jedi Master. But now I think I'd like a
4: change. That better be spending the rest of your life with me.
3: Well, first you have to ask me again. I unblocked my sight so I could see him now, and would have laughed at the expression on his face, except he chose in that moment to kiss me. Something he had not done in a very, very long time. I wound my arms around his neck, holding him closer. He drew away far too soon. Zaren? Yes. Yes. Doc hadn't been able to respond. An explosion rocked the forest and caught us, flinging Doc and I violently backwards. The impact of my landing stole my breath and sent debilitating pain ricocheting through me. I tried to use the Force to hang on to consciousness, but it wasn't working. My ears were ringing, my limbs weren't responding, and even my mere leukocyte was hazy, leaving me unable to focus on anything with any clarity. I heard someone call out to me, but it was too late. I was swallowed into darkness.
4: I propped a shoulder in the archway. Vet was standing in the cargo hold with a clipboard in her hand, taking inventory. She was humming something to herself, something distinctly twilight. She did not notice my presence and I took full advantage of it. I folded my arms over my chest, drawing my dark brown eyes over her. I felt my instinctive smile. She must have finally felt my stare because she abruptly stopped singing and whirled around. I merely grinned at her. Hello.
3: Don't sneak up on me
4: like that. I wasn't sneaking. She was beautiful. I loved her, and I needed to tell her at once. Uncoiling from the door, I slowly came toward her, stalking her. But-
3: Don't look at me like that either.
4: Why can't I?
3: Because we're friends, drinking buddies. Your mom is one of my closest friends, and I don't think she'd approve of anything else. Plus, you're a Sith Lord, and I'm nothing special.
4: But she was something special and I very much wanted her to believe that. I took hold of her, abruptly turned her to face me and pressed my mouth against hers. She was shocked and stiff against me for the first few seconds. I softened my hold, drew my arms around her and slowly pulled her closer to me. That did it. Her fingers gripped the front of my robe, bunching in her grasp. And her quick witty little mouth became the most passionate thing I'd ever tasted in my life. I cupped my fingers around the back of her neck, tilting my head and deepened my kiss. Eventually I forced myself to break away before I carried her to my bed. We were going to do that, but there was something I needed to ask her first. Yvette still had her eyes closed. Despite the fact that she was flushed and warm. she still tried to change the subject.
3: You uh, fought really well yesterday. You looked powerful. Larissa would have been proud to see it.
4: Her words filled me with pride. I did not diverge from my current path, though. Marry me, vet. What? I will have you know, there are only two I will kneel before. I dropped down, looking up at her. Her eyes were huge. Marry me.
3: Stop that. Get up. What are you doing?
4: I'm proposing, and if you don't say yes, I will kiss you until you do. fan yeah. I love you, Vet, and you love me, say yes. She proved my words with the expression that moved across her face, but before she could give me an answer, my ship was attacked.
5: Mako was standing in front of the bar. I was crowded behind her, her back against my chest, my arms resting on the edge of the bar on either side of her. She curled a hand around my arm, occasionally moving to the music that was playing. The place was loud tonight. They were partying like the Emperor was dead. <laughs> because he was. That wasn't why we were there, though. Agent Isaac had information on Mako's parents. Before we'd left Tython, Aunt Zarin had told Mako to meet Isaac here. So before I stole my wife away on our well-deserved honeymoon, we made the pit stop to Coruscant. Where did you want to go after this?
1: Anywhere but Republic or Empire space. Let's go find an abandoned planet with a beach or something.
5: Only if you promise to sunbathe in the nude.
0: Deal. I love you.
5: (sighs) I love you too. Want to dance, Miss Daclan?
0: I'd love to-
5: I never even sensed it coming. And I should have. In retrospect, it was something I would never forgive myself for. I'd find out later that the sniper wasn't even targeting Mako. She was just in the way. They were after me. The blast from the rifle punched a hole right through Mako and slammed into me. The crowd screamed, and I would have too, but I was knocked flat on my back. Mako collapsed on top of me. She was limp, unmoving. I couldn't even move. A hot, burning pain rocked through my system, spreading like a wildfire through my lungs and across my chest. Mako? Mako! Nothing. There was panic, chaos all around us. I tried to reach for her, but I couldn't get my limbs to work, and consciousness was rapidly being taken from me. I tried to say her name again, To do fracking something, but the last thing I saw was a masked face standing over me. Then, nothing.
6: It is time to wake now, Master Jedi.
3: Slowly my vision began to clear, and when it did, I could not contain my surprise. There was a Voss standing in front of me. He wore the traditional robes of a mystic, but I had never seen him before. I dragged my gaze around the room, quickly recognizing the architecture. Was I on Voss? How had I gotten here? Why was I here? I looked back at the mystic who watched me with cold patience. Who are you?
6: For too long, the Empire and Republic have tried to sway us to your cause. Outsiders bring destruction and death to our doors. The Mystics, the Three, have spoken. And it has been decided. You will both fall, and Vos will survive.
3: I have met your Mystics, I- Never
6: would the Vos allow an outsider to meet the Three.
3: He wasn't lying. I could feel it, and slowly the enormity of the situation bore down on me. The Voss had been an extremely difficult people to negotiate with. As an enemy, the Voss would be a greater threat than the Sith. The Emperor has been defeated. This conflict will end soon. Peace is coming!
6: The Empire has declared open war on the Republic, as it should.
3: What? When had we gone to war? Was that why Master Satil had gone to Coruscant and not been there when I'd given my resignation to the Jedi Council? Let me go. Let me go back and try to stop this.
6: You could. Together, you would have bridged gaps. The bond of your family is powerful, but still, outsiders would be on Voss, corrupting our ways. War would come again.
3: I had never been a fan of our presence on Voss but the Empire had been here, so we'd had little choice. Now the consequences of those actions were rearing their ugly head tenfold, and I realized the implications of what this mystic was telling me. It was unheard of for a Sith and a Jedi to be as close as Loresa and I would be again as we repaired the divide between us, and we'd been well on our way. Apparently, together, we might have stopped the war that had suddenly come. But now this boss was going to try to prevent that just to keep both the Empire and Republic off their planet. I couldn't say I didn't understand, but they were going about this all wrong. You don't have to do this. If you let me go, I will convince the Republic to leave boss in peace. Larissa could force the Empire's hand as well. She's powerful enough. We'd leave you alone. You do
6: not see. Mystics see. Mystics see destruction unless the Force is destroyed.
3: I don't understand.
6: You may not. Either way, you are to be used.
3: I tested the strength of my bindings and realized with some frustration I wouldn't be able to break them. Pulling my gaze from the boss in front of me, I swept my vision around the room again, taking much more careful stock now. In the corner was another boss his head bowed, his eyes closed, clearly meditating and powerfully. A black and purple cloud surrounded him. Its effects were strange, blocking. When I used the force to reach out to LaResa, Reed, or Elijah, there was nothing. As if they were dead. Where are my sisters? What have you done to them?
6: The first of the puzzle was complete. We took additional steps to even the sides. Now we will pit you against each other and the destruction will cripple both. It will give us time to destroy the source of your power, this force. You will all die easier as mortals. Then, Voss will have peace.
3: How in the world could they destroy the force? It was impossible, wasn't it? And why would they tell me this? Why give me so much information, unless...
6: Your thoughts betray you. We will not be your death. She will.
3: I will not harm my sister. You know that.
6: You will not be yourself. But none will know it.
3: You don't have that power. Stop this, please. There is another way. We can have peace without- The
6: outsider speaks lies, it is usual. You know there can be no peace, not between Sith and Jedi, Empire and Republic. There is one way.
3: That cold feeling of finality was closing in on me. No matter what I said, this boss wasn't going to listen. Not to me. You cannot make me harm her. Your plan is for nothing
6: outsiders do not know the extent of our power we made sure of it now master jedi you will obey us
3: never my captor backed up a step two more Voss appeared on either side of me as if they had materialized from the shadows something dark flew from the fingertips of the Voss and slammed into my skull it was impossible not to I
0: screamed. I paced in a thin line in the main hold of my ship. General Pierce was standing in front of the hollow terminal, trying to activate the locator beacons on my children's ships. Where are they, General Pierce? I couldn't feel them. I couldn't feel any of them, and there could only be one reason for that. But before Pierce could confirm or deny my fears, assassins appeared. I do not know how they got onto my ship or who they were working for, but they were everywhere. I felt the blade of a knife backstab me. Their mistake was that they missed my heart. My rage exploded, enveloping me in the raw power of the dark side, and I didn't bother controlling it. I wouldn't be able to recall the fight, not the details of it, only that I heard my crew shooting, heard them fighting around me, but that was a very fake backdrop to the screams as I dealt death to every single fool that tried to attack me. When the last one fell, the rush of adrenaline faded and I collapsed to one knee. Jason was down. So was Pierce. I didn't know if they were dead or alive. I heard one of the assassins groan and jerked my gaze to his body. Sticking out my shaking hand, I used the force to yank him to me. I put my hand around his throat and squeezed. Who? Who? Jedi Master Daclan My sister did not send you. Yes.
2: Yes. Please.
0: My rage became so great that, without a second thought, I crushed his windpipe with the strength of my hand alone. Zarin couldn't have—it was impossible. I collapsed. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Legacy. Don't worry, we'll be back next week, but stick around. There's a special announcement I want you to hear.
4: Do you want to just start
5: talking? I'm and nervous? I... Are you? Oh yeah. You just edit me out completely. Yeah. It's like you answering your own questions. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Nick?
6: Welcome to this Endorian life, a Star Wars podcast. Yeah. I am Steven Rudd.
5: I'm Nick Gunning. You're doing kind of a nerd voice. Is that on purpose or is that, just, <laughs> yeah, is that just coming out naturally? I just need to know. We're talking Ewoks. We're going to be looking at Return of the Jedi, Caravan of Courage, The Battle for Endor, all 26 episodes of the 80s Ewoks animated series. And if we're really feeling ambitious, we might even cover some of the Marvel comics.
0: I mean, this. This, no, this Andorian yeah, like my Andorian yeah. wife. <laughs>
5: Take my Andorian wife, please.
0: <laughs> She's literally out of this world.
5: This Andorian Life, a new Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network.
0: I hope you've enjoyed listening to Legacy. Please remember to subscribe, drop us a review, and share this story with your friends. I also encourage you to come hang out with us. We've got a Discord server and soon we'll have a Facebook group. To join the Discord, click the link down in the description or go to dsc.gg backslash crystalsimagination. You can also join us Tuesday evening, 7 Eastern, 6 Central for the Legacy After Show, where I talk with the cast about the episodes and related topics. We do those on Twitch twitch.tv backslash Crystal's Imagination, or just click the link down in the description. Episode 15 features voice performances by Tara, Rob Patrick, Bun Barian, Joe Moyer, Jake Riker, Harstinel, Alejandro Paz, Eliza Neal, Crystal Storm, Matthew Dawson, and James Hatton. Sound work done by Hannah Cardiac and Crystal Storm. To view the full cast list, get your PDF copy of Legacy, and learn more about Crystal's sci-fi novels and other upcoming fiction podcasts, go to crystalsimagination.com. Legacy's theme song is composed by Daniel Cherlitza titled Star Wars Dark Side Themes Reimagined. Additional amazing music tracks contributed to this episode, so please read the description for full credits and links to each track. Legacy is a work of fan fiction created inside the Star Wars The Old Republic universe. It is written, directed, and produced by Crystal Storm. The Dacklin family are original characters created by Crystal. A big thank you to Bioware, LucasArts, and Disney for providing such a rich world to create in.